not surprised that we had a Jonathan Colton reference. I'm honestly just surprised we don't have more of them. Welcome back to Gaming with Gage and Friends, the podcast where your friends talk about role-playing games. My name is Gage, and my friends this week are... Hey, this is Wayne. Hi, this is Andrew. We are going to start off by spotlighting the SavageUniverse.com website, the Savage Universe uh, collection of peeps in the Savage Worlds sphere, and most importantly, well, not most importantly, but most specifically, a recent Savage Universe stream that had me on it. I went. People talked to me on a camera. It was great. You could see my face while I was mumbling on and on like this. Then we'll move over to our discussion topic. We're going to talk about tips to keep players and yourself motivated through the middle of the campaign. And then we'll close out with an Iron GM segment with our seed this week being, in spite of everything, the portal has opened. But first, let's move over to our spotlight segment. And so, yeah, I was invited by JM, who heads up the Savage Universe stuff, to come on and do the Savage Universe stream to talk about uh, Game with Gage and Friends, but most importantly, talking about Savage Worlds Adventure Night, which you've all heard us talk about incessantly, and I refuse to stop because, as I say, that's what incessantly means. But we came on there to just let other people know that there was this opportunity to come together in game and for people who are writing stuff to come and play test stuff and for people who just want to try something new or just want to be able to schedule game nights without all the hassle that we had a place for them on Monday nights. And it was super exciting that I got to actually do this and got to go hang out. JM was the best. And one of the things that Savage Universe does is something that the whole reason we have this spotlight segment on the show is so that people who are interested in the hobby, and in this case specifically Savage Worlds, have a place to figure out what other people are doing creatively in Savage Worlds. So it's a place for aces, which is what uh, third-party licensees are called in Savage Worlds. Aces can post the books that they're coming out with, the creative works that they're doing. People who have the Savage Worlds Media Network license and are creating podcasts and actual plays and live stream can put themselves on the schedule so you can find Savage World specific content. People who are participating in Swag, the Savage World's Adventure Guild, who are putting out things under the fan license on drive-thru. You know, all of these people have a place to 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 put their content so that you, someone who just enjoys it and likes it, can go to savageuniverse.com and find it. And it was super cool to get to add Swan to that list. It was super cool to get to go and and talk to JM uh, and just, you know, share what we're doing that I think is really cool. And so we'll have a link to that stream in the show notes so that anyone who wants to can check it out. And I don't think I was too rambly, but it is me, so it's graded on a curve. (laughs) Yeah, it was a really good conversation. I thought you presented yourself very well. And it was fascinating hearing him kind of talk a little bit about the purpose of the Savage Universe. I love that idea of bringing in people for Swan even just to play test the stuff that they're going to do. And I can't wait for you to go back on when you finally release pet pals or when you write up the rules for the uh, character funnel for Savage Worlds, because that needs to happen. Yeah. I mentioned, I mentioned the spooky Saturday social uh, on the stream and the, in the character funnel rules there. And yeah, JM had the same reaction as you of like, where are those? Why can't people find those? And it's because I would have to write down what's in my brain hole, and I haven't done that yet. I think what needs to happen is uh, is a character funnel going into a multi-world campaign. Uh, so we just need to tie it all together, and and that's going to be not just Swan Knight. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, that's the problem, right? Is you get a bunch of nerds together and you say like talk like you bring me to another nerdy dude and you say talk about Savage Worlds and it's just like and I have this idea and this is a campaign I ran and let me tell you about my character and there was this other cool thing and I just talking about all the things that got me really excited. It's great because if you're within a specific fandom, uh, uh, nerds will get upset over differences. But if you're just mashing different ones together, everyone's happy. Yeah, and since I'm going to be running one of these character funnels myself at Fear the Con, I would be glad to help you make this become a product gauge because I think it needs to be a product. There is a demand for it. People were clamoring in the chat about the idea of the character funnel. Yeah, it's a great idea, and you can jump in and out with so many different people, and it really helps support a community, right? Yeah, hundred percent, and and so we'll probably write it. Honestly, you know what? It's Wayne. When you like reach out to me, gosh, we're so off topic already. This is the kind of a good episode. Uh, but when you reach out to me about running it, you're like, hey, what are the rules that you use for that? And I was like, I don't know. Follow these three principles. Maybe instead of a product, maybe we'll just put that up, write it up, and see how it works, and just throw it on the Kofi and just make it free. And just if you want it, go download it and do it in your game. You know, the only rule is that you have to then like tag us on socials and tell us how it went because if you're going to use it and create cool stuff, you know, we want to hear about it. I think that's a great idea. More content on the Kofi. More content on the Kofi. Um, I don't know what's out there right now, but there's probably something there. So if you haven't been to the Kofi yet and you want to check stuff out, uh, you can find stuff like we had the survey about new content, new content, what people are most interested about. We have the, the short story that, or the flash fiction, Wayne, I'm never going to figure out the difference that Wayne wrote about, you know, recording these episodes and I, you know, I, I threw up some art there if you're curious about what pet pals looks like you know, i threw up the cover there it's kind of like an early preview so you can just find little stuff like that it's all free nothing cur- currently as of as of today nothing is behind a paywall so if you want to go and just check it out you totally can if while you're there you want to help support the show you know please do we'd love to love to be able to you know just pay all of our bills so that we can continue to do more stuff that's the thing I'm not good with money. So if you help us pay our bills, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm comfortable. I'm going to start spending money on other things. And are, are those things going to be good? I don't know, but they'll be there. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely check out. And like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes to the Savage Universe stream. At this point, by you know, the way recording universes works, it'll have been a couple of weeks old. But if you're a Savage Worlds fan, you can also check out these Savage Universe streams. Like I think... I want to say it was last week or the week before. Tracy Sizemore, you know, friend of the sh- a friend who's on this show all the time, and she was on there. You can hear other creators, both like licensees and you know, peg staff, talking about Savage Worlds and how they do stuff. And so, SavageUniverse.com is a great website. And if you specifically want to see me, because you're not tired of hearing me talk about games and my ridiculously uh, specific opinions, you can find that link in the show notes. But Let's move on to our discussion topic. And so tonight what we're going to be talking about is tips to keep players and yourself motivated through the middle of the campaign. And when thinking about this discussion topic, it, this is more applicable in longer games. And I hear you cry out, Gage, what do you know about running longer game campaigns? And, you know, fair. But this, <laughs> this is more specifically the longer games where you've had the time to get really excited about the game, build your characters, start playing. You've had that rocky, you know, maybe that, you know, we call it, we talk about the session 3.5. You've had that time to adjust your characters now that you kind of know who they are and how they fit into the story. And you've kind of moved past that. 
you know, the honeymoon phase, as people call it. But you're also not at the part of the campaign where you're like, and then we go to this city and we get that item and then we beat the big bad and then we're done and we're going to go home in time for biscuits. So it's that kind of middle period. You know, in, in some forms of storytelling, it would be the second try-fail cycle or it's like, we are, we're off to get item two of five on the list of magical artifacts to stop the big bad. You know, those kinds of things that are part of these adventures, right? these archetypal big adventures but can sometimes be a little less exciting, less romantic. You know, it's it's it, it's a place where it's the it is a prime opportunity to become bored with a campaign or a game. And so I just wanted to open this up to everyone, and we're talking about some like some tips and strategies that we can use and that game masters can use to keep everyone, players and GM both, you know, motivated and completely like inspired to keep playing in the middle of these games i i'll throw one out first for me one of the things i like to do at that point is make it personal this is the great time if you've had things in the characters backstories things that they have given you that you haven't found a way to somehow work into the larger plots this is a great time to start bringing that in. You know, there's a long lost sister or something. Well, now they are the ones that are in the location that has the second MacGuffin you're looking for. You know, it becomes less about that object. Yes, the party is there to do whatever they were doing, but it's personal because the sister needs help. And it's a perfect time for me to start just kind of change the focus. Let them keep moving forward for whatever they're doing, but make it far more personal to the individual characters. But at the same time, let me also throw out that I think it's very valuable in the middle of a campaign to be able to have some very episodic begin adventure, resolution, even if it's just some small side quest, so that they get that juice of, well, that's, that's been started, we've, we've had a great adventure, and that's done. Maybe we picked up some pieces about uh, some information about, uh, about that sister. Uh, and, as thing, and then you can move on to the next episode, or... Uh, a, a, something that builds slowly towards that ending that you have your eye on. Yeah, the shiny little victories is one of the things I like to call them. I love giving the players shiny little victories here and there that are, it gives you that little endorphin rush. The same thing that MMOs give you with the, you know, ding, you've leveled up and now you have all of these new abilities. Well, instead of that, I like to do that with stories. You know, You've got another victory under your belt, another thing you've accomplished to say, yes, I'm making progress. Yeah, I think about this sometimes in terms of uh, Supernatural, because of course I do. Any excuse to bring up Supernatural, right? But you think about the, the first season of Supernatural, the entire, I want to say it's 22 episodes, are all about like, we got to find dad. And that show, especially season one, if you watch it, 
is very monster of the week. It's very episodic. It's who's in this town? What's the monster? Let's save the person who's in trouble. And you leave every episode. You're driving off into the sunset with the classic rock music blaring, feeling like you've won. You know, like the the Winchester boys have won and they've succeeded, but they're barely getting closer. I mean, it's a very honestly like it's it's your princesses in another castle over and over again. But it, you feel like. You feel like it's still moving because, like, yes, they're looking for dad is the number one story. But honestly, if you watch that first season, it's really in that whole show, it's about the relationship between the brothers repairing. And so finding those other opportunities for the, the, the micro story beats that are rewarding is 100%. And I think if the, what you're both saying here, if you can tie them together, if you can make it personal and take the backstory bit and intersperse those into these smaller victories, you can start to create like this whole subplot, which is just about people growing together and working together and being human while also, you know, also achieving these smaller goals on their way to a big victory. I also like throwing something completely off the wall at them. So using your TV show examples, the musical episode. Something that is just, this is so drastically different from everything else you've done in the campaign that they're left wondering what just happened. I love things like that. Just a individual session, one and done, completed by the end. But they're left talking about it because it shook things up. Something weird. Or it could also jump the shark. You have to. <laughs> That's true. But we won't get into Buffy here. <laughs> now, that is very true, too. As a GM, one of the things I like to do that I know does not work and would not work for everyone, I sometimes write fiction. It may not be something anyone ever reads, but in the middle of the campaign, I might write a story about somebody that is in the big bads employ and realizing that they're working for the bad guy. That's an actual example from my last Dresden game. That one I did release on my uh, blog where it was just, we're in the middle of the campaign and I want to keep myself going as well. So something different was picking someone and making them realize, hey, I'm not, I'm working for the baddies. And then eventually I found a way to work that into the game. But the players didn't need to ever read that story. It was just for me. Yeah, I for me, I don't, I don't write. And I don't run long games, so I'll just stop talking. No course i'm not going to do that but for me one of the things that will really get me motivated and ready to go is when i start to figure out as a, as a as a gm i start to figure out endings and not always like exactly what's going to happen but i start to figure out the emotional weights that are going to be stacked on whatever ending we end up with and so we just wrapped a who's agatha game wayne we're very early on I was like, hmm, I have a feeling that Wayne is going to sacrifice himself for his sisters. And the moment that that clicked, I was like, all right, well, these are the three steps I need to take as a game master to see if that happens. Wayne will probably bite on all of those. Now I'm excited about the next session because I have an idea of where the, where the emotional you know, momentum is going to go. We started doing that scene. You were like, oh, well, I know how this ends. And we were just there, right? And we had that moment. 
um, there was a couple of other reveals like that, you know, like the, all the stuff about Jackie and, and, and stuff like that, which makes sense for us. No one knows what we're talking about. It's okay. But <laughs> the moment that like that clicked in my head of like, oh, there is a big reveal that's coming up. It's going to change the relationship between all of the players with all of the NPCs very, very quickly. And the moment that that locked into place in my head, even though we couldn't play for a while, <laughs> you know, we had scheduling problems, I am now completely motivated and pulled through because I know where the emotional beats are. I know where the important, I know where the heart of the story is and where the heart of the story is going, even though I don't know what's going to happen, right? Because the players are going to decide what happens. I know which heartstrings I'm pulling. And that, as a game master, is one of those things that gets me really excited. And that can pull me along uh, through a campaign in a spot where I might be feeling a little duller. So that's going to lead to another piece of advice from me here. One thing I got to really give you credit for on that campaign, your session 3.5, which was just a emailed, or I guess in this case, a discord list of questions that checked in. You were asked what we wanted out of our characters, what we'd like to see in the end. That's something that I'm implementing in future campaigns. I run not as a one-time middle of the campaign, I'm going to do those check-ins throughout the campaign at different points, especially after major events, because that made me think about what I wanted at the end of the campaign to help keep me involved. But more importantly, that told you what I was looking for. I could tell by your questions, things you were thinking about, and you were able to facilitate things for me to jump on for us both to get to that satisfying ending. So I wanted my character to sacrifice himself for his sisters, but I needed the opportunities for that. If you wanted to reach that ending, you needed me to jump on the opportunities you were giving. That was a way to get us both excited about where we were going. And, and one of the questions on there, and just really quick, if you're trying to get feedback from your party and you're having a hard time with it, one of the questions that I had on there that I was very, very proud of and will stay on that sheet going forward, which was, I think, question four, which is four questions, was like, is there any way that you can see this campaign ending that would be unsatisfying or disappointing to you? Or I think I, I don't even, I don't think I said, is there any, because that's not the right way to ask for feedback. I think I said, what ending would be unsatisfying or disappointing for you? And that, I got some great answers in that because everyone couches it, right? They're like, I don't think there would be any unless, and it's like, okay, now I know all of the things that you actually care about when we go into this next set of scenes. One of the character generation questions that I love from L5R, uh, they have the 20 questions. They've always had the 20 questions in every edition. Uh, but And the last one is, you saying, how do you see your character dying? Um, so really, right there, the GM has some kind of nugget that a player has uh, buy-in on that. Not to say TPK your party, but <laughs> for a dramatic, satisfying story, you get a glimpse into what that player is looking for. Do you ever in L5R revisit the 20 questions? Because we only played a short run when you ran it for me, which thanks, by the way. You're always the person who's like, all right, Gage, let's let's show you what another game is like. And <laughs> you always run that kind of stuff for me. And I loved the 20 questions. But you know, going into that idea of that session 3.5, that, that check-in, is there anything in L5R 
where you go back and you go, oh, this is what he thought. You know, this is what this character thought when he was leaving home to go do this period of his life. Now that he's experienced the world, this these things are changed or influenced. I mean, not collaboratively. I mean, as a as a GM, likely so. Um, I, I mean, for me, when I'm trying to build out arcs for individual players, I'm 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 going off of those notes to propel it forward. I don't know that I've ever gone back and reread something unless I was looking for something specific. But this is what I'm so excited about. I I want to try something with your three point session three point five idea to see how that plays out. Yeah, I have said recently on Fear the Boot episodes that I want to see the group template that we talk about, our session zero questions. That should be a living thing that gets re re-looked at. You know, maybe the questions you ask in your 3.5 start off going back to those very same questions and answers that you got during your session zero. At least that's what I'm doing going forward. I don't know how well it'll work because I haven't done it in a campaign yet, but I'll find out in my current campaign. Engage, you would use the reference of who's Agatha from your recent campaign, but that was one of your classic short arc campaigns. The last really long campaign that you ran that, uh, that Wayne, you and I had played in, uh, together with some other folks. It was, it was great. Uh, I think that, for some games, people create characters with some room to grow. And because really, I mean, the game doesn't happen on, on, uh, with pen and paper while, while you are preparing your character. The game happens at the table, and transformations take place, and people find things that click for your character. And that was definitely the case for mine uh, as we got into different situations. And you think about how your character would react or react in a unique and different way. Uh, and then you have something to build towards. So I think that's something really valuable that you can pick up in the middle of the campaign and really try to propel forward, which worked out wonderfully. Yeah, in a long campaign, if my character is the same person in session one that it is in the last session, then I feel like I have failed as a role player or the campaign was really boring because nothing caused change in the character. It's absolutely an opportunity to try and figure out not just what your arcs are to see through the end of the game, but kind of challenging your players to say, where are your arcs going to? Yeah, and that... That game specifically, that that specific game that we were all in, you know, was, that was East Texas University Degrees of Horror plot point campaign, which is fantastic in terms of structure as a game master. It gives you a lot to go on because the stakes, and this is like the benefit of doing modern stuff, like modern stuff where you don't have like superpowers and stuff like that, is you start at such a base level that every, you know, in the game every year, for us every three to four sessions, the stakes were being raised in a way that felt really really natural and i think no nowhere more so than the jump from freshman to sophomore year right like all of a sudden i feel like when you go into sophomore year and a little bit junior year everything you're doing has real consequences and your and your characters were all fantastic because you were playing 20 year olds and you were playing them like 20 year olds where on one hand they would completely forget 
to, you know, do something like not park in front of a fire hydrant and get a ticket. But on the other hand, they had to do things like literally make life and death decisions for other people. So it's just one of those, that setting is really, really good for that as well. We also had the benefit that that's a game that uh, you all, you know, I kind of came into that saying, I'm focusing on running this plot point campaign. We're going to burn through this plot point campaign. But you all brought so much, you know, going back to the thing about like the players help, you all brought so much story into each of those into each of those situations. And that actually goes really quickly. One more thing about that is one of the things I talk about a lot, this feeds into session 3.5, is it's just listen to what your players tell you and then do that, and then they'll be really, really happy with you. And we hit a point in that game, Andrew, where you were like, hey, I know that we're going through a plot point campaign, and that's great, but also it'd be real nice if we could have some time to role play. And I was like, all right, so what you're telling me is that someone's driving a truck in the rain and there's going to be a masquerade ball and we're going to have a whole session of just that. Let's do it. <laughs> and we did, right? Or throwing up behind the pizza barn, one of the two. <laughs> um, but uh, one other thing I want to say, because we are, we are getting to the point where we're going to move over onto our Iron GM segment, is one last thing is whatever you do, do not start talking about the next campaign. If you're a group where you rotate GMs and you're a player in this game, don't talk about this great idea you had. Don't start writing pages and pages of notes for it because all you're going to do is be attracted to the new shiny object and you're just going to want to move <laughs> quickly away from the thing you're working on to get started on the next thing while it's still fun and exciting. It is the campaign killer. All right, so let's go over to our Iron GM segment. For anyone who might be unaware, maybe we have some new listeners this week. I don't know. Iron GM is this time where we take a seed, you know, a little, it's generally one sentence, sometimes max three sentences, and we go around and kind of on the spot, on the fly, come up with either a campaign idea, an idea for a session or a character, you know, whatever, whatever comes to our mind while we're talking about it and we go around and we talk about this now and this is the one time in the episode where we go alphabetical order so we will start with you andrew uh, to go over this but first i will reread this adventure seed to everyone the iron gm seed is in spite of everything the portal has opened andrew why don't you go ahead and start us off the cake is a lie did you just make a portal reference? Uh, <laughs> All right. Cake, cake is a lie. Wayne, what do you have for us? All right. The party has been fighting to stop the big bad from opening the portal for multiple sessions, but they failed. The portal has opened. His army is supposed to be waiting on the other side, but nothing comes out. And the party ends up finding out that there's been a civil war on the other side. There are multiple factions. We move into the next phase of the campaign where they start playing politics in the, you know, the enemy's world. Where they end up siding with the rebels and helping them overthrow the bad guys of that world. I lo uh, love a political game. And I love the idea of like, can you picture the look on that bad guy's face as well? Like the moment the portal opens and he's standing there expecting the hordes to come through and there's just a guy with a letter. 
Uh, uh, sorry, sir. Uh, or no worse, just a guy with a shopping cart. <laughs> it's just a guy with a shopping cart. And then you, I think that happens, and then you, you, you just Discord private message one of your players, and you say, you are now corrupted by an evil entity. Let's continue. And like it's just, it's just privately off to the side, and the thing that has been released on the world is a contagion that quickly just like eats its way and festers its way through everything, but it's going very subtly, just very calmly in the background, and things start to be corrupted and warped around the party as you're moving through. I think that's, that's my favorite, like the portal. No, that's not true. My favorite the portal has opened is from the original Borderlands when they're like, the vault, the treasure, and it's a giant alien monster trying to kill everybody. But this would be my second favorite version of the portal opening. Now, I love that idea of it being something not, not visible that is just there and moving. And it's a lot harder to fight things that don't have a body. And the cake is not visible, so you just... <laughs> Every time you make that joke, all I can hear in my head is the Joko song. Um, <laughs> we're still alive, right? That's the one, right? From Portal 2? Yeah, that's just... Here in for science? Oh, it's all just on a loop inside my head. <laughs> well, fantastic. If you have ideas for this Iron GM Seed, in spite of everything, the portal has opened. You can come join us in our Discord. We have an Iron GM Seed channel. And honestly, you all put us to shame a lot of the times coming in here with ideas. I think you have more time to prepare. So, you know, I grade us on a curve. But alas, you guys come in with some great ideas and some conversations. So feel free to come in, jump into the Discord, and let us know what you think. Or if you have ideas for Iron GM Seeds in the future that you'd like to hear us do, we would love to do that as well. Um, also, just come into the Discord in general, right? Like Music League's happening. I think as of the time we release this, because time relativity is weird, and I'm a low-prep GM, so I don't know when this episode comes out. But I think Music League's probably happening. Swan's definitely happening. There's a Polygamerous Night coming up if you want to try other games. We've got the writer's room for those of you who like to write and with writing prompts. We've got question of the day for people who are interested in that. Um, I'm doing a Discord spotlight, which we're doing on the next episode, so I should probably stop now. But <laughs> if you have thoughts and ideas, come see us there. Please check out the Savage Universe stream. Uh, also, next month on June 16th and 17th, I think, uh, a lot of us are going to be at Fear the Con in St. Louis, Missouri. So if you're in the area, please come through. If you need information, you can find it. Just Google Fear the Con. It'll come up, I'm sure. And if it doesn't, blame Wayne, because I think that's technically his job. Uh, so feel free to come in, hang out with us, play games with us. You know, you can give me hugs. I'm a big. I won't speak for everyone else, but I like hugs. Uh, we can come and hang out. So I want to thank everyone for being here. Thank you for thank you for listening and hanging out with us. Uh, Wayne, Andrew, thank you for being here. Thank you for being my friends. We'll catch y'all next week. <laughs>